United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to United States of Lead, a podcast about crime, mental decline, and the lead thread that links them. In episode one, we discussed all the ways you can encounter lead in your everyday lives. One of those ways is through ceramic glazes. And with the rise of companies like Amazon, much of what we are buying comes from places with looser regulations than us, like China. But guess what? You're also going to get your fill of lead at your local Target or Dollar Tree. In this week's episode, we're going to discuss lead's comeback in our instant gratification society and raise the question why those in power are allowing this toxic substance to continue to be sold to consumers. We have become a culture of impulse buying in our modern instant gratification society, and unfortunately, that can make us more susceptible to buying products containing lead. It's not your fault for not knowing that lead is still being used in products. Why would you think that this would still be happening? We know the dangers of lead, we know how toxic it is, and yet corporations are still finding ways to sneak it into products we buy. When Ruby was a baby, I knew, oh, you have to be weary of toys from China. Sure, there's always recalls and oftentimes, oh, China. Uh, I also don't want to be like racist. Yeah. Oh, is that made from China? Like, I don't want to just assume that kind of stuff. So I don't know, I haven't really investigated it. Uh, to the degree that I probably should. And I gotta say, I mean, the target, your, your statement about target is shocking, but I almost want to just hide in a hole about the Dollar Tree. I just need to add a quick disclaimer for our listeners that somehow Paul's audio dramatically lowered as soon as he put in his headphones for this episode. And since we are on just one audio track right now that I am editing, you might notice some audio level changes in Paul's audio. So again, apologies for that. And hopefully next week we won't have that issue. I still feel like a fourth grader with a like a twenty dollar bill. Every time I go to the Dollar Tree, it's like, oh, I need a pad. I need a cool stack of yellow pads. Like, oh, I'll buy a a, a pound of licorice. Yeah, uh, and uh, the, the idea that it's that prevalent. Oh, <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like, and we're gonna get to this. Is you know, we as the consumer are like the child in this relationship between corporate 
government and consumer. These things are marketed to you to be purchased. Should you be a mindful consumer? Yes, but should these things also be within your reach? No. I feel like that dynamic when it comes to these situations, like you said with China, it's not the Chinese people. It's the Chinese corporations. It's the Chinese government. You know what I mean? It's like, it's that idea that we always want to make it about we the people and we the people have our responsibility because we're buying it. But the fact that it's even out on the market is the bigger problem. Right. And I mean, I, I even take it a step further. You know, if it's not the Chinese people, it's it's the global demand. It's How does this this market persist? How does it we continue to consume? I don't know if you went here yet. The idea that some of these stores like home goods and that seem like they're discount, you know, air quotes discount, but those products are just made for those stores. For that price. We make discount products to be sold. It's not a discount. Yeah. It it didn't go to a store and then it's like, oh, well, we can't sell all these things. So we got to send it to home goods. Well, and Taylor, and Taylor got in trouble for that. Yeah. Yeah. The law. Yeah. I, I, I worked for Ann Taylor. You did. Oh, I did. I was the receiving manager. Oh my God. I forgot. Yeah, you did. It was a great job. Yeah. Oh, it's a great job. I, I love their clothes, but I never really thought that the discount was a disc. You know what I mean? Because it was so consistently a discount. <laughs> like, oh, all these clothes? <laughs> yeah. if it's consistently a discount, it's not a discount. It's just your price. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, go, go Ann Taylor. But yeah, I think they, they got sued for a lot of money for doing that. But there's, they still do that though. Like you said, TJ Maxx, Home Goods, they all do that. Those products are like, Discounted. I still buy it. I, I, you know, and some of those things are really amazing. I like. Oh, absolutely. I, I think I just bought some pillows from Home Good. I love it. Yeah, and there's probably lead in. It's <laughs> probably, probably asbestos, asbestos lead in. in your pillows. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> oh, this is completely off topic, but I just was scrolling through social media before we started, and the Today Show posted that there's some high school in New Jersey that's linked to over a hundred brain tumors. They just discovered. How is that not the record scratch? Everybody stops. Let's figure out what's going on with that. I mean, I, like Flint, Michigan, whatever. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. They should be like. Arr! Yeah, the record should have been taken off. Yeah. But, you know, Elon Musk went to space, so. Or and he's trying to buy Twitter to silence some kid who's, who's trolling. It's just. So... But yeah, these these companies. They just have the the right to sell things that aren't good for you. And and I know like that the, the, the way we have power is to shift how we buy things. And like I said, it might be uncomfortable at first, but us as a society switching to that company that's a little bit more expensive because they're just starting out, but they're giving you products that are, you know, certified and they're giving back like, um, God, there's this this purse that my mom buys, I think it's called Saks, but all of their purses are, are bags are made out of recycled plastic from the ocean. I bought one of their bags. It's a little bit more pricey than I'd buy a bag that was like 50 mm-hmm. bucks, which I know isn't pricey to other people, but it is to me. I mean, it's super durable, like I said, because it's made, but it's constructed out of that because they're like, we need to find ways to get this stuff out of the ocean. So like, how are we going to do that? Some of those solutions aren't cost effective. Like, is it cost effective to have a healthy planet? 
No, it's not. Because no. you can always, like... Because we'd have a healthy that, planet right now. <laughs> we would have a healthy planet. And unless the goal is not just sustainability, but environmental thriving, the bottom line is always going to be the metric of uh, the business is run by. And yeah. um, it's just not cost effective. And then the other thing is this can't always fall to the level of the consumer. Like we're talking about the consumer. That's what I mean. Yeah. Absolutely. No, totally. Is that like, it can't fall to the level of consumer. How is it that this is allowed? Like you're saying, how is it that this is? Yeah. It's fine boy. And like I said, you know, we have that like, oh, all that stuff's made in China. Well, guess what? It's, it's made here still too. The FDA has regulations that we'll get to that allow you to still use lead in dinnerware in production here. So there's, there's no safe amount but here's the same, like, here's the amount in there. Yep. And, um, <laughs> like we're going to, we'll get to it in just a second, but that's that misleading part of all this, you know, it's constantly this, the smoke and mirrors and pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. So I, for one, knew to be cautious of children's toys, like I had mentioned, due to imported toys having possibly containing lead-based paints. Lead picks up pigments very well. It makes colors vibrant and more appealing to the eye. However, I was unaware of the need to be cautious of dinnerware and glassware I purchased. I mean, did you know about that? The glassware and dinnerware? Yeah. I feel like that's medieval i remember going to some sale and there was like a pewter cup a pewter like goblet and my mom wouldn't let me touch it and she had just heard something about lead and pewter or whatever and its effect on kids so i guess i kind of like knew that we did that way back when but the idea of it continuing like when I brought this That's up to crazy. my mom, she's like, like that was common knowledge back then because it it, it did become in the news in like the seventies with because okay. like when you buy vintage that like it doesn't necessarily have to say that it has lead on it. So that's something also you know when you're buying antique or vintage retro stuff, beware. But what? Uh, oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. So if I'm in a, an antique <laughs> store and I'm just handling things. I wouldn't be concerned about the handling, but if you buy that fancy 1970s dish and then you put your hot pasta on that dish, but it's it going to leak. Lead is going to leach onto it. Lead. I think that's at a certain time where like they started having to say it. And even then, which we're going to get to, something can say lead safe. That doesn't mean it doesn't contain lead. It just means that they apparently went through the proper protocol to put lead in it. So lead safe doesn't mean lead free. Yeah. It means they're safe from. Yeah. They're safe from liability. They're safe from liability. We're pretty sure. It's just so much. And yeah, we're going to get to this really great blog um, in a little bit here. And this is going to be a two part episode because we just, this is a very, (laughs) expanded topic. It's used in in ceramic glazes. And like we've known about this, but as we brought up last week, they knew how toxic and deadly leaded gas was. They know these things and yet they still go, "Uh, but I can make a shit ton of money because this looks pretty and people are going to buy it. This fixation on the, on the economy, the economy is not real. The economy is not a person, but it is farmed and protected and coddled. And I wish kids were treated like the economy. You know what? That's a t-shirt. I was just thinking, I was thinking like, find someone who like looks at you like a 
people in power look at the economy or something like America's. I don't know. We're putting I wish kids were treated as good as the economy on a T-shirt and we're going to sell it on Patreon. It's true. It's fucking true. In 2010, the FDA reported that, quote, they received reports from local health authorities that traditional pottery from several manufacturers in Mexico labeled as lead-free, in fact, contain levels of extractable lead comparable to levels that may have been found in lead-glazed pottery, and in some cases, in excess of the FDA's action levels for extractable lead and ceramic tableware. So again, there's no safe amount of lead, but the FDA has an action level, well, they will actually care whether or not there's lead in something. Oh, these words, that's so interesting. These words are so important. They have a word for we actually need to care right now. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is what the FDA says next. That's extremely misleading. Quote, lead is a toxic substance present in our environment in small amounts, and everyone is exposed to some lead from daily actions, such as inhaling dust, eating food, or drinking water. In general, the small exposure to lead within the U.S. population does not pose a significant public health concern. However, exposure to larger amounts of lead can cause lead poisoning, end quote. And again, as we've already established, this is not true. And as Dr. Needleman's research has shown, even trace amounts of lead can cause serious, long-lasting side effects. And we will get to how government and corporate officials tried discrediting Dr. Needleman and his work because it disrupted their own agendas. But that's for another episode So why the fuck are people using lead in their ceramic ware? Well, the FDA says traditional pottery and other forms of ceramic ware are made with earthware, a porous form of clay, which must be glazed in order for pottery to hold food or liquid. Glazing applies and fuses a thin glass-like coating onto the surface of the clay to seal its pores. The glaze, which may contain lead to facilitate the melting of the glaze particles, fuses to the pottery when it is fired in a kiln. When the pottery is fired at the proper temperature for the proper amount of time, essentially, all the lead is essentially, all the lead is bound into the glaze. If any migrates to food, it will be an insignificant amount. However, and again, insignificant amount. So you're saying that there's still, it's going to leach onto your food. You're using the word insignificant. It means there's, it's still there. The pottery you purchased and brought into your home, you'll only use that. I don't know. Every day. every day of your life. <laughs> For the rest of your fucking life. I, however, the FDA goes on to say, however, if not properly fired, the lead may not fuse to the earthware and may contaminate food when the pottery is used with food. The FDA goes on to say, today, many potters of traditional or folk pottery have switched to non-leaded glazes, but they still are using the old kilns where... They were once used for firing lead-containing glazes and unintentionally contaminating the lead-free pottery with the lead residue that remains in the kiln from past usage. Because the lead may not fuse into the non-lead glaze, it may contaminate food when the pottery is used with food. If someone is like, I need to change my ways, we're going to stop using lead. There's Mm -hmm. still... If they have to get... You got to get the whole... Like I said, it's like with the lead pipes, you know, you got to tear out the whole lead pipe, but then you're still exposed to the lead while they're 
doing that too. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just, it's a big, and that's why, again, that why this is being ignored is a way bigger process than they want to deal with. Not cost effective. It's not, co- fuck no, it's not cost effective. Ugh, and but, but, you know, that's what it boils down to. This isn't cost effective. So it is what it is. When I got to the part where they talk about the non-lead glaze, it makes me think of how they had the two options with leaded gas. They could have used, <laughs> they could have used ethanol. But that was more expensive. It's the same thing with like, you have these non-leaded glazes that you can use, but I guarantee you they're more expensive. The color doesn't pop as much and you might get bubbles in your, in your fucking glaze. You know, there's like the alien test or whatever. Like if we explain this to someone, some alien, and they're like, man, this whole situation <laughs> sounds really crazy. It's too bad there wasn't another option. And like, oh, there was another option. <laughs> We had several. Oh, we had, <laughs> they could have used the non-leaded <laughs> products. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same with climate change, fossil fuels. Yeah. Oh, we, we have options. We have many options supplied by nature and not digging it up from the ground nature, the sun, the wind, these things that are increasing because we fucked with the earth. Now, here's where it gets really irritating, not that it wasn't already extremely irritating before. The next question posed on the FDA's website is, are there any laws against selling ceramic ware that contains lead? And again, the answer from the FDA is, quote, if the ceramic ware contains lead and is properly made, it can be sold in the U.S., The FDA recently published guidelines, and again, this is from 2010, that addresses the safety and labeling concerns for traditional pottery and ornamental ceramic ware that may contain lead that can contaminate food. What does the FDA say you should look for to determine if your ceramic ware may contain lead? Consumers should pay attention to the following, quote, problem types of ceramic ware or pottery, and that is handmade with a crude appearance or irregular shape antique, damaged or excessively worn, purchased from flea markets, street vendors, or if you are unable to determine whether the pottery is from a reliable manufacturer, but again, even reliable manufacturers put lead in their shit. Brightly decorated in orange, red, or yellow as lead is often used with these pigments to increase their intensity. Again, lead really gets out the color. And quick side note, I just had this pop into my head, but remember in school when we used to (laughs) make pottery did you make pottery in school we had i had an art class at one yes we did and had a kiln and everything yep Yep. and man we made a lot of shit and i think i i think i think (laughs) yeah and i made a lot of pewter jewelry you made pewter yes in school yeah i remember i i had i made a a pewter (laughs) i had a pewter necklace that i made it was a frog I, we use a clay mold, dump the pewter into it, and I made, I'm pretty sure I made more than that. People have known pewter is bad for a long time. I'm positive of that. It was like the cheap, wasn't it the cheap metal for like peasants and stuff in Europe? <laughs> you know, I don't know enough about it, but I'd love for us to do a Patreon episode about it. It's, it's linked close enough to this, you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. But yeah, I mean, what I was, let's see, this is probably like early 90s. Yeah, I'm yeah, early 90s that people in the 1790s knew it was bad. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so yeah, there, there was a oh, shit. Yeah, that happened. Kind type of <laughs> memory that popped up. Well, I'm sure it was pretty. <laughs> it was like. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> 
my vision in my head did not equate to what was produced. <laughs> I should see if I still have that somewhere and take a picture. Awesome. Well, my mom, I know she has a pewter ring that she made. I have that somewhere I know. And did she make it when she was a child, like in school? Yeah. Maybe it's a Wisconsin thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back to lead. Sorry, now I've just got like United States computer stuck in my head. So that is ceramic use. And I mean, every I, for one reason or another, I have found my I have found my way into quite a few church basements drinking coffee. It's a coffee cup that's more than three months old. It's- yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the FDA finishes that by saying, quote, pottery not listed above that was made in commercial factories for everyday use is much less likely to have problems related to lead. Oh, less likely. Let's bank on that. But as I learned from this amazing website slash blog called Lead Safe Mama, you can't feel safe purchasing your products from commercial factories either. From Fiesta Ware to Crate and Barrel products, you're going to find lead everywhere. I highly suggest that you visit TamaraRubin.com. I hope I said their name right. To find some of the leading brands that you might want to stay away from because we've already established that there aren't appropriate regulations to prevent us consumers from purchasing products containing lead. So we have to do our best to get the word out to everyone so that we shift again to purchasing lead-free and put the pressure on brands that refuse to change because that's how they end up changing. Yeah. Is when we protest by either switching a brand or switching a company, then all of a sudden they're going to reduce their prices or they're going to, we have to step into our power more as consumers, but collectively it can't, you know what I mean? It has to be a collective shift and something I, I don't remember if I brought this up, but I do want us to eventually get to the topic of the psychology of change. My therapist, shout out to my therapist. She's amazing. And she brought up, it's been studied that only 20% of society is conditioned for change. And that's what makes it so hard for these shifts to happen is because the majority of us are just not wired for it. So we have to really figure that out. And I'd love to speak to a psychologist or psychiatrist who is well-versed in that. If there's anybody listening that is, love to have an interview because that's something that we really need to tackle in order to actually make these shifts happen. That's something that we can't ignore. This Lead Safe Mama also discusses the vintage ways that you can be exposed to lead, which including very heartbreakingly the vintage McDonald glass cups that are so intrinsic to my childhood memories. Do you remember those? I had to show my wife the picture you sent that was like, I drank out of this all the time. I fought my siblings for that cup for dinner. This website, which we'll, we're, we're going to go into the uh, the list on our after episode episode on Patreon, because it's it's so, it's just this like, oh, really? But yeah, there's... <laughs> And damn, that makes so much sense why I was so hyperactive as a child. What blew my mind was Crate and Barrel. I haven't been in one in a long time, but I remember when they first came out, that was like the like the pricey place, the fancy Target. It's fancy, right? I think so. I don't know. Let's go well, on Crate and Barrel's have, website. Do they have a place called like CB2, which is not fancy? 
Oh, is that? Oh, that makes sense. That's them. Maybe. I feel like if you have a discount store, you must be fancy. Like you got Ann Taylor. Ann Taylor. <laughs> you gotta have an Ann Taylor. Oh, <laughs> yeah. damn! I need to go to Ann Taylor. Shout out, but don't deceive people. Anyways, so how much lead leaches onto your food depends on several factors. According to the Good Life Designs blog, which again, all of our sources are linked in every episode description when we post the episodes. And also we will be adding them to our link tree on social media. Those factors include the amount of lead in the dish, the type of glazing, what type of food or liquid is in the dish with examples coming up, amount of time that the food spends on the dish, the age of the dish, Worn out glaze leaches more often. Heating and cleaning habits. Are you using this in the microwave or dishwasher? Which, uh, yes, yes, and yes. And glaze grazing or glaze crackle. When your dish is full of cracks, plates with crazing are risky because the cracks allow easier leaching and the gaps also harbor bacteria. So I knew that about the bacteria. I remember a restaurant that I worked at, we started to save all of our cracked and chipped plates. And the idea Mm -hmm. was, I suggested this, that every so often we'd have a raffle and let people throw the plates into the dish room. Like just break them. Just as something fun. I saw it somewhere. It seems like it's a stress reliever and we can't use them anymore. So, but uh, one of the managers did some quick research and they're like, no, you can't leave them around they harbor bacteria which i had no i had no it's a big it's a big deal it, it, it does grow pretty invasively pretty quickly i guess but this is just how you use a plate right <laughs> okay the ones that like are like okay we know that there's lead in here and we want to like not have any shit they'll say like not recommended for the dishwasher or you know what i mean i have like some of those bamboo plates and bowls for ruby and like i'm definitely shifting but even like it's the silverware i got from Walmart as a gift, it says stainless china. And I'm just staring at it going, fuck, I bet there's lead in this. It's just like, it sucks. Like everything I'm looking at now, I'm like, son of a bitch. This is probably just- Is there some responsibility just as a a moral actor? Does it fall on the producers of microwaves and dishwashers? Could microwaves have a big old sticker that you have to like see or peel off before you ever open it? heating items i mean they're just not healthy to begin with you know i like i didn't use a microwave until ruby became a toddler i i only had a toaster oven i completely got rid of it when i lived at the harriet apartment i, I threw it up a microwave away and i hadn't used one since and then it just became almost impossible to live and not have a fucking microwave i like microwaves i think they're a really great invention i remember did you ever have a a microwave shake did you ever try one of those? It was no. Super, it was a super frozen styrofoam. I think it was styrofoam or plastic. Oh, because that's yeah, that's real healthy. Let's get let's get to styrofoam next. <laughs> and you put it in the microwave, and it came out cold and ready to eat because he warmed it up a little bit. It didn't last very long. Do you want to get you into that and probably how many people got some crazy <laughs> thickness from that shit? Sure let's eat styrofoam in a little. microwave. I I can't afford to get new dishes right now, but, or ones that I know are like lead free, but I I definitely have them bookmarked. I was able to get my lead level because Ruby's levels were elevated. And I talked to my physician. I'm like, 
it's more harmful for kids, but like, I still would like to know, like I was also exposed to these high levels and, you know, she told me normally we don't test for that. Dr. Needleman's research was really discredited and there's a lot of people who, yeah, this is important for kids, but after that, like it is what it is. And that's just, you know, because again, other places say how important it is. Even adults can be exposed to this. So I got my results back. And it took a while because it was a out of office lab. They had to take it out of you know the clinic. So I get my result back and it says less than two micrograms. And so I message and I go, hey, like, is there any way that I can know the actual number? When my daughter got her results back, it was an actual number. And the woman goes, well, I don't know if we can do that. I'll have to talk to your physician's partners and see what they say. And I go, okay, that's weird. So then I get a message back from one of the partners and it says, hello, recommended lab testing to measure lead exposure in adults does not break the level down further. This level is less than two micrograms and it's reassuring best. First of all, we got to stop saying best. It's so (laughs) condescending. You can start that and then end with regards and then a comma. Yeah. I just, and obviously I'm not going to respond back to that because whatever, but just the fact that why you have that number does that right. make any sense and and i and i think the reason she said it too is because i said well the average american apparently only has 0.3 millig- micrograms so i'd really like to know if my level is above that or below that and that's what mm-hmm. i get back no we're not going to tell you you know it just strikes me it's so ambiguous like it's it's intentionally ambiguous instead of having ownership and awareness of your real number like where are you at andrea where am I, where's my body at as Paul? They're not allowing us to do that. And you're in the don't even worry about it best club. Well, like you said, like you, you check your blood pressure and those different right. numbers matter and things like that. I just, and it does matter. Can you imagine a diabetic saying, like, yes. oh, you're under seven, don't, yeah, you're fine. Or you're, you're over seven. So it's like, am I at 14 or? That's crazy. You need to know these numbers. I know. And like I said, that's a big shift is I believe that every single person should be able to get a lead test Mm -hmm. and know their exact level and tell me a reason why we can't when we can test for anything. The fact that this could, this so clearly can be an issue for everyone every human being, and perhaps is an issue to an alarming number of us, your clinic or the hospital, like, they're not set up to this. There is no infrastructure for the testing that we should be doing. Nope. So, um, yeah, going back to the dinnerware, we have to ask why, again, it's being allowed. It seems that the pros of lead helping make colors pretty and shiny greatly outweighs the cons of getting lead into your system. And there were reasons people use lead in paint and lead in gas, but we don't do that anymore. Now, do we? So then again, have to wonder who are these companies making these lead products? But that's something that we're going to get to in part two of the episode, because like I said, we just have way too much to talk about when it comes to this. So if you're wondering if your housewares contain lead, because you're probably looking around at your shit right now going, fuck. Well, you can pick up lead test kits for at-home use. Like uh, there's three on lead check swabs, but you know, if there's other brands, love to know because I'd rather promote them than 3M. These tests you can also use on wood, drywall, metal, and plaster. However, they do cost money. So again, the problem with constantly saying that the consumer has to 
figure it out for themselves with these toxic substances that are put into our hands. An eight pack of swabs costs 32 bucks. And so that as someone on a tight budget like myself, that's frustrating that I want to test all these products, but I also look at $32 and that is groceries. It's not acceptable. The fact that we need to use these to check on products is absurd. And I understand if you have antiques that were made prior to 1971, which if you do, like definitely get that checked out. But the fact that lead is being used in newly made products is just unacceptable. Like I said, we we knew about it in paint. We knew about it in gas. And it took for fucking ever for us to go, hey, we really shouldn't be using that in here. All these people have died and all this crime is on the rise. And we're going to get to the true crime. We're going to get to the link to, you know, certain serial killers. And preventative care is just not promoted in any system. It's not promoted in our judicial system. It's not promoted in our healthcare system until after the fact. It's, it, we have a very response-based society and that's not going to stop anything. I just really appreciate you using the word unacceptable. And I, I feel like that is something just in the common discourse, we're trying to always make space for every voice. And there are just some things that are not true and uh, we don't want to have in our lives. And the idea that there are alternatives to using lead. And I think if you were going to use lead, you should have to say why you're using it. Especially well, they are. Just... It's pretty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And exactly. it's shiny. But why not the alternative? And it's that's what I mean. Like, yeah, there's yeah. alternatives to this. There's pros and cons to everything. I would compare it to me being a vegetarian. As far as somebody who's a meat eater. If you want to meat eat, or if you want to meat eat, I'm so tired. If you want to eat meat, the problem I have with it is the industrialization, the, the, the mass consumption, the corporate aspect of it. It's not meant to be mm-hmm. this, the main part of your meal. It's, it's never was meant to be that. If somebody's eating like free range eggs and chicken and and grass-fed cows that are able to like live their lives, that's not my issue. Mm -hmm. My issue is that it's destroying the fucking environment. It's not healthy for you to eat it. You know what I mean? It's like, totally. I, and and yet I'm still a vegetarian and do not message about me being a vegetarian to anybody listening. I don't want to hear your shit. I got all my levels checked. I'm, I'm golden. So I'm not missing any of my B vitamins or any of that bullshit. But anyways, yes, there's a line drawn with certain things that are acceptable and unacceptable. It's not just dinnerware and children's toys you want to look out for either. I personally was recently looking for a foldable stool for my bedroom, and I landed on Target's website because it had the cheapest one I could find. When I'm scrolling, I'm looking for the cheapest thing. You know, and that's something, too, that we have to be cautious and mindful of is when we are just looking for the best price, we are making ourselves more exposed to things that aren't good for us. Of course, while I'm scrolling through the product, since I started doing this research, I'm now looking for those warnings. And the warning says that this product may contain lead. My jaw fucking dropped. I did not think it was fathomable to to have these products being sold in Target. And I took a screenshot of it, which I'll be posting on social media because it boggled my mind. The one thing that scares me is, hey, I'm getting rid of my Dollar Tree plates, but how am I going to dispose of these? Because I don't want to throw them in the trash. 
like we said, like once it goes into the soil, the lead goes into the soil and then it goes into our food and then it goes into the air when the wind picks it up. We also have to be mindful of how we're going to get rid of this stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. Before you throw out all your stuff containing lead, let's figure out a way to do it in a way that's not going to just amplify the problem even more by throwing it into a dump or something. Hmm. So the fact, again, that they can produce something with a toxic ingredient like this and just slap a warning on it really just boils my blood. I'm a single mom and the fact that I have to choose between something I can afford and something that exposes me and my daughter to lead is beyond words. You might be thinking to yourself, Andrea, you're overreacting. Your chances of being exposed to lead with a product like a foldable stool is close to none. But again, I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about what happens to that chair when I'm no longer using it and when it's no longer usable and it goes to the trash or it goes to a resale place and that person doesn't know that it contains lead because there's no warning on it right now. So again, it's just this circle. I put in here, the circle of life. It goes into the trash. It goes into the dump. It goes into the soil. It leaches onto the soil and it comes back into the air and then it rains down and then it goes back. Like it's the exposure to these toxic things already lower our IQ levels and then amplify that with the fact that education is just not funded anymore is uh, it's fucking sick. That's a whole nother avenue to go down is the link to that. Well, when we talk about the, the psychology of change, I think another part of that's really being highlighted is what by what you're describing is the class divide or maybe even like this weird promotion of esteem because you are in a position to live lead free like if when someone is in a position to it's like when organic food became a thing and you were able to buy organic yeah right and i was not able to buy organic no i'm not saying you (laughs) i was more a dollar menu at mcdonald's drinking out of your grimace cup that exactly exactly Oh my God. And the next thing, again, it's not just the cheap stuff. So like, let's go back to that because as we just mentioned a couple minutes ago, you can find lead at Crate and Barrel. And maybe it's been too long again since I've been there, but I'm pretty sure it's still not cheap. But maybe we need to Google that in our after episode. (laughs) Let's just go look at Crate and Girl's website. The Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco claims that about 11% of U.S. consumer spending can be traced to imported goods. But to me, that seems extremely low. Like, especially when I look at my personal spending on Amazon and I look at the label of everything I buy, I rarely see anything that's made in America. And again, almost everything that I purchase is from China. So that just seems extremely low to me that only 11% is from imported goods. And I'll have to look at that number and see where they got it. Is that that what's known as an aspirational number? Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't, I don't believe that. Yeah. The current World Health Organization's quote safe limit for lead in blood, originally set in 1995, is 19 micrograms per deciliter. And again, if you hear us saying milligrams instead of micrograms, uh, just check our sources because again, there's some that's have it labeled as micrograms and some as milligrams and they're completely different it's a well-known fact it's impossible to keep them straight it's physically impossible to constantly continuously use them correctly yeah well this is just off topic but did you hear how in florida they're banning math books because they're claiming that critical race theory is being taught in math books 
So I think this is a strange, I guess I put that together by looking at Twitter the last time I was in the bathroom. Yeah. And someone was saying, I need to learn more math so I can get better at critical race theory. Or like there were all these tweets regarding that. And I yeah. couldn't, nobody was saying what was going on, but I'm like, no, this, <laughs> this can't be. And now you just confirmed it for me. Like, that's what I figured. Like somehow. Yeah. Okay, great. And then th- there's a great response, a viral response of like, wait till they find out that numbers can be non-binary. <laughs> Outstanding. And, you know, and actually they're Arabic too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> don't even, don't. We'll never have, the, they're going to ban math. Yeah. Completely. Algebra, <laughs> what language algebra comes from. So yeah, when I beat myself up, when I keep accidentally saying milligram instead of microgram, I reference Florida right now and where they're at. So it makes me feel a little better. Going back to what the World Health Organization says, yet there is no detectable safe blood lead level. At every measurable level of lead, there is associated harm. So again, they're saying there's no safe level, but they consider that safe. It just, I'm going to pull my hair out. Lead has been linked to drops in IQ points, behavioral problems, ADHD. Lead exposure can cause anemia, damage to the gastrointestinal tract, and kidney failure. Chronic exposure can even lead to DNA damage. And this one, the source that I'm reading right now is actually from the the National Library of Medicine. Sorry. It's from a reputable source. And there's a link to the exposure can lead to DNA damage because that's the first that I'd read about damage to DNA. While also dangerous to adults, again, still dangerous for us, but can't get the fucking number that you have in your system. It is especially harmful in young children because it negatively affects their cognitive and nervous system development. How you nurture a child in these first six years is crucial to how they will function later on. Again, not nature versus nurture, not us versus them. This polarization stuff, it's both. So like, can a child still thrive? Yes, but their chances are lowered if they're not given the proper tools. So I know here in Wisconsin, again, it's acceptable that five micrograms or below is considered quote unquote safe. It's acceptable. So again, we need to change that narrative of saying any amount of lead is safe because it's not and start using that what's acceptable. It's the short-sightedness of companies creating products with lead, and it's a tale as old as time, and it reminds me so much of the current climate crisis. Lead accumulates in our bodies, and lead can never be destroyed. And what happens when we throw away these products that contain lead? It's just like the plastic crisis in the ocean. We have to start nipping it in the bud, or these problems won't be having a livable planet much longer. And the way we as consumers have the power is to stop buying brands that use lead in their products. And the one good thing about our global society is that we can find alternatives that are less harmful to the environment. But the problem right now is a lot of those products are not affordable for a lot of people. The more of us that make a shift into buying eco-friendly products, into joining eco-friendly companies, the cheaper they will become. It's, it's, it's uncomfortable. You know, it's, it's, I think about COVID. And like, if we could have done our part with COVID and like, yeah, it was uncomfortable. Like, but like, we really could have change the narrative. But like we said, that there's that only 20% that's willing to adapt to change at the drop of a hat. Just like COVID, I mean, regardless of what people think about, should we have done this or should we have done this? Like a lot of opinions out there. I think one thing that's indisputable is the supremacy of 
the economy being a barometer of success. We were protecting people, but we were protecting people so they could go back to work. We were protecting people so that yes. they could go back to shopping and restaurants could open up and people could start spending more money again. And the byproduct of that was just some of us survived. It's not, that was not, it was clearly not the focus. Otherwise things would have been tests sent to our home. We would have had a lockdown for three months, stay at home. Mm-hmm. Essential workers are going to get paid crazy amounts of money. Hazard. To, yeah. Hazard yeah. pay. Yeah. And like I said, like me having a perspective now of being a parent, mm-hmm. it's so much like parenting and it right. sucks. Like there's like going to be a kid who goes, no, I know better. I, I'm going to do this. No, I want ice cream for dinner. No, you can't have ice cream for dinner exactly. because this is what it's going to happen. You're going to be up all night and you're going to get a cavity. That person is not going to see it if they're not capable of seeing it. Yeah. We have to figure that out. I think it's figure outable. I do. We're not looking at it from the right perspective, I guess. I mean, I don't want to be a downer, but I, I want to yeah. challenge anyone to uh, prove me wrong. And that is, I just don't think we value our lives. Like I think, no. we, I think in, like in the final analysis, we're not valuing our own lives or other people's lives or other people's lives. Yeah. And the fact that we don't even value ourselves personally, like I said, with childhood development, it's so much of this is just linked to like these basics, these fundamental things are very crucial. And you can look at how we have defunded the defunding of these very critical things and the ignoring of these very critical things in very big places. Like I said, like judicial systems, they're not run by people who are looking for the ethical side of things. They're looking at it from a much more corrupt way. Yeah. And that shift is because of that. There's a cause and an effect. I've shifted my perspective, but it's something that I have to continue to be mindful of, especially, you know, when I've gotten five hours of sleep and I forget I'm trying to do my Google searches now with lead free when I'm looking for certain products. But again, consumer beware because a product might be labeled lead safe and you might think it's lead free, but it's not. It just means that it has an amount of lead that experts believe is safe. But fuck that. And the real mission here is for us to just stop using lead and man-made products. Lead in its natural form is non-toxic. It's only when we decide to manipulate it that it becomes toxic. So when I started Googling uh, at lead-free dinnerware, I was happy to find an abundance of companies that are focusing more on sustainability. When I began looking, I came across a type of dinnerware that got my attention. It's called wheat straw dinnerware. Have you heard of this before? No. So it's kind of like, it made me think of bamboo. Yeah. And that's, you know, something that we want to dive into deeper is the, the sustainability of switching over to products like this. Because it, it again, it's very clickbaity to mm-hmm. just go, oh, this is a better alternative. But we do have to know how does this impact the environment if, if we switch to this kind of... Oh, no, I have not heard of wheat straw, but I am obsessed with chopstick furniture oh i didn't know that was a thing it's a resource where hundreds of tons of chopsticks are thrown away every day and um people are collecting them and shaping Love them it. and it, i'm obsessed with it i deeply want a is it expensive shop. it is expensive right now but uh i just love that idea that someone is taking that material that restaurants are playing along it's yes like, okay, we're gonna throw it takes everybody anyway. well yeah all right we'll send it to you we're gonna come by and pick it up great and 
They've got a process. It's really cool. And it ends up being really beautiful. Yeah, it's like those brands, like I said, that are, okay, we can't get rid of this plastic. What are we going to do? Those are the companies I want to look towards. You know, not only the ones who are making new things from hemp and bamboo and wheat straw, but the ones that are taking what's already out there and making something new from it. We want to be mindful of it because there's a very good chance that we're being deceived in, in this way too. You know, like that's the problem is it's very easy for a company to go, oh, well, now we got this demand. Now we got to do it cheaper. Like, how can we get this done quicker? How can it last longer? And that's where those toxic things creep in. Like with bamboo products, I've always been curious about the protective coating that's on those products. What What is that made out of? Some have labels that say it's toxic and then others say don't have it. Let's look into the fun chemicals that are put into that because I guarantee you a lot of them have something on them that we don't want in our bodies. But at the end of the day, we need to have alternatives for people to really make this shift. One that is easily transitional for people, because that's the thing. It, it has to be easy for people to do it. Otherwise, they're not going to do it. That's one of the big things of change is it makes people uncomfortable. But if you can make it an easy transition, that's what matters. We haven't even gotten to talking about China yet and the lead crisis from manufacturing in China and how that has impacted the world. So tune in next week for part two of Instant Leadification here on United States of Lead. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to United States of Lead, hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Want to know more about this subject? Consider making a donation on Patreon, where you can unlock extended video episodes and bonus content like deep dives and exclusive interviews. Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning, We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.